Hello and welcome to Behind the Scoop. This is the podcast from Scoop Empire and my name is Mark. It is the 12th of April. It's Tuesday and hope you're enjoying the week so far. On the podcast today, I'm going to be speaking to Lydia Gadala. She is a qualified psychologist practicing in Heliopolis with a degree from the American University Cairo. Lydia is a wonderful psychologist who's so smart on so many different areas of society and she's going to have some wonderful advice not only on mental health uh, and how to better ourselves uh, with regards to mental health. She also talks about the taboos surrounding mental health in the Middle East, also relationship counselling and also Ramadan and has some must-have advice for how to get through the holy month in just a little while. But first, let's have some news from our region before we get to Lydia. And from the world of sports, let's talk fencing, said no one ever. But this time, it's actually something really exciting. I didn't even know that Egypt had a fencing team. That's the one, it's a French thing, isn't it? They have like those swords that were pointy ones and they wear those like beekeeping masks. Well, the Egypt team has beaten America. And who doesn't like beating America? Uh, They won the gold in the World Junior Fencing Championships. And well done to them. There's a fantastic concert that's happening this May in Dubai. Zero Gravity is playing host to Fatboy Slim. If you were around in the late 90s and early 2000s, uh, you will know Fatboy Slim's music. Uh, stuff like Praise You and Gangster Trippin' and so many massive hits. Uh, he is going to be playing Zero Gravity this May. But if fencing news and 90s DJs news weren't enough to fulfill you today, this must be the story that you need. It's about cats. And who doesn't love a story about cats? Because at a zoo in the UK, they are trying to repopulate the species by bringing in a male cat who is going to be uh, put alongside alongside the female cats and, you know, probably take them out for dinner, etc, etc, and try and repopulate the species. These are fishing cats, and they're known for fishing fish, obviously. <laughs> Frogs and crustaceans. That is what you need. You need cats that go out and get their own dinner so we don't have to keep going out and getting it for them. Why are our cats so lazy? Coming up in just a few moments, we're going to be speaking to the guest on the podcast today. And she's so wonderful. She's got so much great advice, general mental fitness during the month of Ramadan, some great tips for that, and also about relationships as well. Who does seek out relationship advice? Is it men or women? You think you know the answer? We'll find out from Lydia Gadala in just a few moments. It is the podcast from Scoop Empire. Behind the Scoop, my name is Mark, and this is episode 21. So if this is the very first episode you're listening to, you've got a whole host of guests and wonderful people that we've spoken to so far. This is actually, in 21 episodes, the second psychologist. Are they trying to tell me something? Should I be paranoid? I probably should be. Let's speak to our guest today, Lydia Gadala. Thank you for being on the podcast. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Lydia, tell me your background in uh, psychology. I'm a graduate of psychology from UC uh, back in the very old age. I graduated in 94 and uh, I'm married to a diplomat. Uh, I have uh, three boys, been traveling all over the place, picking up on the psychology of many different cultures. And then I did my postgraduate studies at the University of Roehampton in England. And here I am. I've been practicing for the past eight years in uh, my clinic in Heliopolis. Oh, how lovely. Um, Being married Mm -hmm. to a diplomat and you mentioned the travel and everything, uh, is it Mm -hmm. quite exciting life? Is it uh, a world of 
parties and you know lovely little hors d'oeuvres on trays and stuff like that <laughs> is it a world of that no <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, yes, it is. Of course, it's a whole lot of exposure. It's very, very exciting, but it can be very challenging, especially since I am a mother of three boys. So adjusting and readjusting and uprooting and then and then starting a life all over again in another culture altogether can be quite challenging, but but it was really worth it. Though. So your three boys, they were going to schools in different places and having to sort of start again and make new friends all the absolutely. time? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. healthy, though, can't it, when they grow up? It, it is. And it, they, it has benefited them tremendously. They have become a lot more uh, accommodating, uh, understanding of uh, different backgrounds, different cultures, different ways of thinking, different religious beliefs. They, yeah, they come from a very well-grounded place. Well, that's good, isn't it? It makes them yes. more social. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're more, more, yeah, they're socially quite smart and healthy. Well, it's Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And well, how important is it to keep a, a healthy mind when you're fasting? It's extremely important. And it, it, I mean, it's important in the general to keep a healthy mind. Uh, but it becomes extremely important in Ramadan because it's quite challenging because we get used to certain behaviors and we need to let go of those behaviors. And so that can be just a little bit anxiety promoting, at least at the beginning of Ramadan until the routine sets in. Um, and um, a month is quite a while. 30 days is quite a while to take up a new uh, routine. So after the initial phase of resisting the grogginess and the the discomfort, then usually if it's handled well, there's a whole lot of peace that comes in for the rest of the month. Is it something that people can do on a sort of a daily basis to try and get themselves through to uh, iftar? Yes, it is, because uh, it's very, very important to set up a routine. It's extremely important not to wake up guessing how I'm going to be taking on this day, because that can be quite um, um, anxiety provoking. When I know that I'm going to have a routine, I'm going to wake up at so-and-so hour, I'm going to sleep at so-and-so hour, because we tend to um, give up sleep during Ramadan for many, many reasons, be it family, be it TV, be it eating as much as possibly, uh, as much as humanly possible. Um, Lack of sleep can affect my mood and my mental state dramatically. If I'm on medication, it's very important that I set up a new routine with the fasting hours in order to stick to my medication uh, religiously, no pun intended. It's very important to maintain a, a healthy mental state during that month. Are people getting help for mental health issues that they might have? Do people seek out services in the way they might in other places that you've lived? Um, surprisingly, yes. Um, psychologists have become quite a trend in the past couple of years. A lot of it has been due to COVID because of the the online opportunities that have opened up. It's still a difficult step to take to, to seek help for a lot of people from our culture uh, where seeking mental or psychological help is a bit of a taboo. Um, so having the option of being online with someone or speaking to a therapist online is a huge plus fact that I don't have to move from where I am. Uh, psychologists have become closer to the idea of our everyday lives because I'm I'm going to see my therapist is very much an in thing these days, at least in the in the younger generation. Did you think that you'd become trendy when you set out in the world of psychology? No, no, not at all. Actually, <laughs> no. you didn't do it for like just to be just to be cool. <laughs> 
love it all. I didn't think it was cool. I mean, it was cool because I love it, but I didn't think it would one day be seen as trendy, no. And did you think that people in this region would be so open about, I'm going to see my therapist? I come from uh, England, uh, but it's still in the people that I have known being a bit of a taboo. Still, when someone says, I'm going to see my therapist, it's sort of like, oh, what what do I say to that? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it does. It happens that way a little bit here. I mean, I mean, it does, but but it's more of a of a taboo that you want to reach out and touch upon because it's so exciting. It's it's. I mean, did we think ten years ago that there would be such a thing as Instagram that would be taking over our lives the way it is today? I, it's it's not really something you can predict. Um, and actually, on that note. Instagram is a very, very big source of anxiety for the younger generation. And it's it's huge. It causes anxiety, causes depression. It takes up time. It gives hopelessness. So there's there's a lot of this in that. So no, going back to your question, no, I didn't think it was going to be trendy. And yes, of course, the older generations, I think, uh, still think it's a bit of a taboo. Still think it's a, a you just need to toughen up and need to get closer to God sort of argument. And with regards to Instagram, how can people avoid uh, the anxiety or try to avoid the anxiety that Instagram um, may cause? It's not really, it's not avoidable per se, but you can minimize it as much as possible by choosing who you follow. Because if you're following the, because people post artificial sides of their lives. I mean, none of us wakes up, uh, um, all sleepy and and messed up and post our pictures on Instagram. So we need to understand and we need to really, really comprehend the fact that Instagram is not life. And I'm comparing myself to what is not life, which brings me to a point where I there's a whole lot of comparison because you used to compare yourself to the people you're working with. And now you're comparing yourself to people you don't even know that you see pictures of and who are celebrities. And I mean, you saw these people on TV every now and then, and now they're just at your fingertips all the time you're following their every mood move and you believe that this is their life and it should be yours and if you don't reach a a status like theirs then you're an underachiever and so it adds to your uh, low self-esteem or 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 low sense of self-worth and things like Um, checking back to see how many likes you've got is just not healthy is it absolutely not at all because it becomes an obsessive behavior like anything else because it actually does produce endorphins in your brain that they're what we call a happy chemical they it the the extra like or the extra 10 likes or the extra followers when you find that has happened it actually does produce a happy chemical in your brain and you go back because you want that happy feeling again and again and again and hence the addiction of course following scoop empire uh, is absolutely fine, by the way. No, 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 that's, a, no, no that's a totally <laughs> different story. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm going to say that following us or, or, you know, uh, checking out the podcast is absolutely. fine. It actually, it's good. It's good for your mental health because we've got people like Lydia it's here. It's fine and it's encouraged <laughs> and it's supported and I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, um, is it more men or women that seek out help? Is there a difference? There is a difference, yes, still. The, the difference is not as, as large or as, as big as it was earlier, but it, there still is a difference. And yes, it's more women than men. If I have a couple and the wife is coming to see me or the girlfriend is coming to see me and she has a problem with her partner, there's always the uh, 
what she gonna do for me? She's not gonna tell me something that I don't already know. I don't need to see her. You're the one who needs to seek help. So that's that's still very much um, uh, a popular sentence. That's very common, isn't it? And it has been common for a long yeah. time. Absolutely. Yeah. Do people come to you more for problems with their relationships? Do you think, or is it is it always a, a mental health problem, or can it be something that can be solved in other ways? Relationships. Uh, yes, people. A lot of people do come to me for relationships, but relationships at large, not just relationships with partners, relationships with friends and with colleagues and with family, parents and with children, and so on and so forth. So it is mental health, but a lot of times it's also social skills. Um, people have learned to deal with relationship problems in a certain manner, and they just need to be uh, given tools to deal with them in a different way. Maybe that would not uh, that would bring them better results than what they're doing right now so yeah a lot of times it's it's psychological and a lot of times it's it's social learning skills and the kind of patients uh, that you see are they from mm-hmm. a particular socioeconomic class actually mostly yes um uh, most of the people i see are of the or, or actually who seek my help are of the 22 to 32 34 year olds who are from um an international educational background who have done a fair share of traveling, who um, speak several languages. So, so yeah, about 85% of uh, the people who seek my help or who come to visit me at the clinic or online uh, are, yes, are the ones that fall under that category. And how can we encourage more people to uh, seek help? We need to normalize it, Mark. We need to talk about uh, mental health more often and normalize it because it seems to, it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's it's um, we have equated or our cultures have equated mental health with weakness, and they've equated mental health with bad family relationships or with lack of faith. If I have diabetes, that doesn't mean that I have a weak mental health. If I if uh, my doctor who's responsible for my back has a broken leg that doesn't mean that he's not good at what he does we need to understand that mental health is just like any other illness it is not a taboo it is not a sign of i had a bad upbringing so therefore i'm seeking mental health we need to normalize it we need to teach it in schools we need to talk about it like it's the most common thing in the world. We need to not, we need to be able to answer questions. Like you're seeing a therapist. Yes. What are you seeing a therapist for? I'm working out some issues that uh, I need the best semio for or, or the best skills to work out. We need to make it a part of our everyday conversation without it being uh, a topic we're avoiding like the plague because it's, we need to hide from it. it. We just need to normalize it. We need to mainstream it. What advice would you give people in Ramadan? Um, just, to get through the day? I would give the advice because because a lot of the things about Ramadan, the fact that there is a routine that has been set up uh, for us, the fact that there's a lot of spirituality, uh, the fact that there's a lot of uh, family uh, meeting, they, they have so much input on pulling us out of an anxious or a depressive state that we might be in. They provide a lot of help. So use this time really well to bank on your family relationships, to bank on charity, to to giving other people, because it reminds me of how fortunate I am. And it gives me uh, the sense of that there's a purpose in my life. And the purpose, the idea of a purpose is something that is outside of me. So, so my whole point of my life is not just about me. It's about others as well. And I have the capacity and the means and the time and the heart to help other people. So there's to bank on the goodness of Ramadan and take that with you when Ramadan is over.
Well, what a perfect place to finish. Lydia Gadala, it's been really lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mark. It's been my pleasure. Thanks so much and have a great month. Thank you to Lydia Gadala for being on the podcast. A great psychologist and some great tips in there as well. Uh, Don't forget other guests to listen to. Abu was on the show yesterday, the singer. Also, we had the girls from Octinon on Sunday. And there's a whole back catalogue for you to listen to wherever you get your podcasts. And do join me tomorrow on Behind the Scoop. Behind the Scoop.